Well, good morning, everybody. Here as we as we're here on our our first, I guess you can say, quarantine church service. Yeah, it's good to have everybody. Uh, we'll be doing this live. We'll also be streaming this uh, on our Facebook page. There'll be a podcast available, which will be on Spotify. Also available to go through our Facebook page. We'll try to send it out to different people, uh, like we did the the Bible study Wednesday night. So hopefully you can get that. Of course, I want to remind you to, to keep praying during this time. Remember, the Bible says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. So that's one thing we need to be doing. But as we get started this morning, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans, chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, title of my sermon this morning is Our God of Hope. And I think at this time of the, the thing, with everything that's going on, we need that more today than we need anything else. So our Romans chapter 15, Paul talks about hope. And you think the church he's writing to, they're living in a time when persecution was starting to happen and being a Christian was not popular. And so they needed hope. They needed something to lift them up. So he writes them this. And in the middle of his epistle in chapter 15, as soon as I can get there, starting in verse 13, he says this. He says, now the God of hope, Fill you with all joy, peace, and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself am persuaded of you, brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, able to admonish one, also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, I have written unto the. I've written to you. So he's telling them, I've written you, and I want you to be hopeful. Don't, don't, don't let things, as we look here, all the unrest, the troubled times we live in, let you forget how wonderful God is. A lot of people are saying, well, where's God at during this, this virus? And I can tell you, where are he at? He's at. He's with his people. He's watching over us. We, we tend to let things tell us how to be hopeful. Well, I, I think we, we value stuff way too much. You know, Jesus told us that he, he told us that things like this would happen. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 8, Jesus said this. He says, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See, it should not be troubled. For, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes and divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. So Christ told us that this kind of stuff was going to happen before he comes back. Because you, you, when they talked about wars and rumors of wars, you know, the, for the ancient people to hear about wars, that was a terrifying thing. Because when war came to your land, it wiped out everything. It took all you had, and it destroyed so much stuff. And it was so bad for them. So here, they, they were terrified of the idea of wars. So he says, you're going to hear of things like that. You're going to hear of bad things. He talked about pestilence, and you think about that. That's what we're going through now, where, where things are changed. And I guarantee you, things will never be the same after this as they have been before. So many things we took for granted. We're now looking to say, hey, we can't do that. So it's amazing how, how God can change our focus. And what he's trying to do here, we don't need to focus on the troubles. We need to focus on Jehovah Shalom as the Lord of our peace, as Gideon refers to him in Judges chapter 6, verse 24. God is our peace. That is how we get through these hard times, these troubled times. If he's our God of hope, he's our God of help. 
You know, in, in Psalms 46, verses 1 through 3, David said this. He said, God is our refuge and strength, our, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, not... Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters therefore roll and be, roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. David said, no matter what's going on, he said, the mountains are falling apart. Everything seems to be going bad, but don't fear because God is our help. He's our source of strength during this time. You've got to, you think, well, I don't know what to do. And I've seen a lot of people panicking, hearing about people panicking. You, you think about me, why would people buy 200 boxes of toilet paper? And that's not something you normally would do. And yet they're buying it and they're, they're terrified of things. I walked in Walmart the other day and I was getting a few things and, and there was people coming by with buggies and buggies of stuff and they, they've never eaten it before, but yet they were buying it because it was there. They're panicking. And, and instead of turning to God and say, God, I know you'll see me through this. I know you'll help me. We're, we're trying to rely on, on stuff and trying to rely on our, our own sense, our own wisdom when we need to be relying on God. You know, he, he says, the, David said the mountains were going to be moved. And, and you think about the things that's happened. We're looking at things that's never happened before. And yet we need to rely on God more because he's our help during this thing. You know, he's our God of hope who's omnipresent. He's always here. In Psalms 139, listen to what David said in, in verse 7 through 10. He he says, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art also there. If I take wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. Thy right hand shall hold me. David understood that God was everywhere. He's always there. You, you know, and we look, we say, well, where's God during this? Where's God during that? God's always there. It is us who forget where he's at. You, you think about something with the prodigal son. The prodigal son wanted everything. He took and he left. Daddy never left him. He left daddy. Daddy was always there waiting on him to return because he knew one day his son would come back. He, the, the story tells that he stood out every day and he watched until the boy returned. See, God's the same way. God never leaves us. He tells us the Bible, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He never does. But I know from my own past experience, the things that I've done, I've turned my back on God. But he was always there for me. He was, it's, it's amazing when you, when you can look back on your life and you say, I got away from God, but I can see how he steered me back to him. He is an awesome God. David, David taught, he said, no matter where I go, what I do, you're always there. And it's true, he is. So don't, don't lose hope when you think God's nowhere around because where is he? He's right there with you. He's probably carrying you. He's probably trying to comfort you, but you won't let him. You know, the, this omnipresent God is not only everywhere, but we got to remember who he is. He's the one who made us. And he thinks about us always. L listen to these verses also as, he, as David goes further in this psalm in verse 13 through 17. He says, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that, thy, that 
thou my soul knowest right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy books my members were written, which continuance were fashioned, as yet they were none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. David said, God, you knew me when I was being formed in the womb. Jeremiah tells us, at the point of conception, you knew who I was. You knew everything about me. This God who's everywhere knows everything about you. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs you had on, had on your head for your entire life. You know, I, I think about that. Uh, uh, I, I go take a shower. I don't got much hairs left. So I, I think, well, that's not hard for him to know that number. But I take a shower and, and after Julie's been in there, there's enough hair to make me three or four wigs. And God knows every one of them. He knew every one of them that was on her head. He knows when a sparrow dies. That's the kind of omnipresent God we have. He's there. He knows everything. He knows your health. He knows your hurts. He knows what you stand in need of. What an awesome God we have. He's our, our God of hope who is powerful. Listen to this in Psalm 79, verse 11. He says, let the sign of the prisoner come before thee according to the greatness of thy power. Preserve thou those that are appointed to die. God has the ability to know those who are, even those in prison and those who are, are stuck where they're at. He knows your time to die. And he, the, the psalmist said, preserve those who look like they're fixing to lose everything. Like their life has ended. Well, you know, we've seen that, hadn't we? We've seen where God has healed people, where, where the doctors say there's no hope. Where the doctors say, oh, well, we can't do this, or, or you've only got so long. Well, if you, you look at normal cases, that's true. But sometimes the problem with doctors is they leave out God. See, God's the one who knows us. If it's your time to die, then it's your time to die. You can have a thousand doctors around you, but... If God wants you to come home, you're coming home. But if it's not your time, you can be the sickest person in the world. And all of a sudden, God will heal you. What an awesome God we have. He is that powerful. Remember, he, you, you think about how powerful God is. God walks on the waves of the storms of our life. When, when, when the, the disciples were crossing the, 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 the Sea of Galilee and the storm came up and they were fearing for their lives and Jesus wasn't with them. Who came but walking on the waters? Jesus. You know, we, we always got this picture in our minds sometimes of Jesus walking on these plain, just smooth, glass-like surface. And it might have been around him, but there was a storm going on because the disciples were terrified. And yet he's walking in the midst of the storm. Not only did he walk into the midst of the storm after he called Peter out and Peter had a chance to walk on the water and, and Peter, like the rest of us, let his faith waver. But here, here God looks at him and, and the disciples still scared. Listen to this verse as, as he calms the sea and he calmed the storm. And it said in Mark chapter 4, verse 41, it says, And they feared exceedingly and said, 
one to another. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Can you imagine that? The winds and the sea obey our Savior. There is nothing our Savior can't handle. Today, there's a lot of people, not only are they afraid of the virus, but they have many different problems, things that are going on. One of my biggest fears is for those who are being cooped up inside their house now and, and their fears and the problems they got are being multiplied because that's all they think about. Instead of crying out to Christ, they're concentrating on this. Christ can handle any issue you've got, any problem you've got. You just got to carry it to him. And it's, it's amazing how we do so much. We'll go over here. We'll try this. We'll try that. We'll, we'll try to fix it. And we'll go, well, I guess I better take it to God as if it's the last thing that we're going to do. And God says, if you'd have brought it me to start with, you wouldn't have had to worry as much. Yeah, I, I like how David said in the Psalm 23, he said, Yea, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I think if we were to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, all we would see the, shadow, the shadows and the valley, never realizing who owns the valley and who's there with us. He's our God of hope, and it's the God of hope who is eternal. Psalm 73, 26 says this, My flesh... And my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I love that verse because it doesn't matter. You think this is a temporary place. We're only here for a while. We were on our way to church this morning driving and was listening to the radio and they were playing songs from back from the year when I was a junior in high school. Didn't think nothing about it until I got thinking how long ago that was. But it seems like it was just yesterday. It was just yesterday we were young. We're here as a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow. You think back, it doesn't seem that long ago. I mean, when people say 10 years ago, I think back into the 80s or 90s. You know, I don't think just in the teens time flies we get older we can't stop that your body fails you can't stop that but God is forever your soul is forever eternity is forever this God who's eternal he's your portion so don't worry hold fast listen to this in Hebrews ten twenty three. he says hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Your portion of, her, of eternity. He says, hold on to that faith you got. You know, the hardest thing to do now is holding on to your faith. Because the world changes and the news comes up. And people try to tell you that being a Christian is just an ancient way to hold on to, to hope. But my Bible also says in that same verse, for he is faithful that promised this. He is my profession. If he's my, my, my portion, as David said in Psalm 73, then I shouldn't worry. I should be steadfast. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 15, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain of the Lord. You know, in these uncertain times and these troubles that we have, we need to be sure we're staying steadfast. We need to be sure we're praying. We need to be sure we're listening to God. Because if not, every little thing will bother us. I want to I share this with you. If he's your God of hope, then remember what he said. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 14, God said, For I know the thoughts I think towards you. Said the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then will I be found, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity. Did you hear what God said? He says he thinks about you and their thoughts of peace and not evil. God don't want us to suffer, but suffering's part of life. God also sometimes allows it because he wants us to grow. But he's not doing it because he's hateful. He's not doing it because he's mean. He's maybe trying to get our attention. Maybe during this time when you're at home, Maybe you need to take up the Bible and start reading again. Spending time praying with your family. Not just do you know, so many of us are, we're, we, we think only of ourselves so much. Oh, I study my Bible, but do you study it with your loved ones? Do you read it with your family? Do you pray together? You got to remember, my Bible tells me, if two or more gathered in my name, I'm in the midst of them. Sometimes we forget that. We need to remember what he thinks about us. He says, I, I thought it's a peace and, and not evil to give you an expected end. When you think about that, it almost sounds like, okay, he, he wants us to die. Well, you think of this. No, the end is when you're with him. He could come back tomorrow. He could come back today. Are you ready? You know, he, his whole goal is for us to spend eternity with him. We were made to live forever. Sin entered into the world and that stopped that. God made a plan so that we can. And it's a simple plan, accepting Jesus Christ as your savior. And sometimes we forget that. God says, I've given you everything. You just got to trust in me. Believe in my son. Believe with your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you shall be saved. Then he goes a little further. He says for us to pray to him, to call upon him. And he says, now here, I've got a question. How many of us are praying? I was thinking about those that, that still have to work. Those who, who the, 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 they deemed, you know, essential to the, the, the nation. The food service workers, those who supply food, the, the health care workers, those on the front lines. 
the truckers, our soldiers, those who support them, they still have to work. Many of them still have children that have to be taken care of. So while you're home, if you're home quarantined, if you're, if you're away from it, pray for them. Pray for our church. Pray for one another. God said he'll hear, but are we doing it? How many of us started praying, God, remove this sickness? Help us to get through it. Are we too busy hoarding things that we don't need? He says, and you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You can't do that if you're focused on the wrong thing. So this morning I pray that you focus on the right things. During this time, if the Lord's speaking to you and, and you need to talk some, to one, you can call us. My number is 256-453-7183. You can call me. You can message us on Facebook or any way you can get in touch with us. We'll pray with you and we'll, tell you, we'll give you what advice we can give. We'll go to the Word. We'll figure it out. But we love you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come today, Father, as you say in your word, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Father, we pray right now for those who are on the front line, those who have to continue to work. I pray you keep them safe from harm. Father, if whatever your will is to be done during this, dear Heavenly Father, help us to accept it. Father, I pray that as... The nation is the church, dear Heavenly Father. We stand up for what we know is right. We do that which is needed. And Father, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as your scriptures say that you come quickly. Lord, you are a God of hope. You are a God of health. You are omnipresent. Lord, you are powerful. You are eternal. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray you are with us. Go with us as we leave this place. Watch over the flock. And Father, I pray that this, this will end soon, that we might gather back to worship and thank you and praise you in name and in word and with deed. Thank you for all that you do. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a blessed week.